We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How we doing? Hope you're having a good one out there. It is Ivy Nation Sports Talk, and it's Wednesday, and that means, of course, it means mailbag day. Training camp mailbag day, not just any. Oh, and Vince has got the bell. <laughs> Ringing it up already. Ready to go, baby. Just got a text from Jesse. What's this about? Oh, uh, I'm sure it's Cubs related. I, oh, he's got a bet, it looks like, that he's, oh, no, he's just. He's uh, he's happy about the lineup. He's uh, <laughs> it's just, okay. They got they got Jamer Candelario batting eighth tonight. Really he's stoked about the lineup but tonight. They, they, so. But they took uh, Tockman out of the leadoff spot, which he's been know. killing it lately. So they moved Nico Horner up, though. They did, and they moved Ian Happ down. Which is Save the baseball talk. I know D Hawk is right. in here tonight, Fair one enough. of our faithful baseball guys, but we'll save the baseball talk for rapid fire if something comes up there because it's the start of the show, baby. It is training camp mailbag night. We've got a yeah, ton baby. of questions queued up and ready to go. Tyler J. Robinson, relatively new name, maybe someone who has come back from, you know, like. Maybe he has off season and he's jumping back in, but he said, good evening. Really looking forward to the show tonight. We're really looking forward to you and everyone else with the questions tonight. We're fired up. It's mailbag Wednesday, baby. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, we will start with old crying belly. What has shocked you the most watching fall camp? He says he was surprised to hear how far Tyree has come along at wide receiver, what shocked you so far? Vince? Man, what has shocked me? That's um, I'm shocked, shocked dog. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm a little bit shocked that they have been this early in camp have been moving Andrew Kristoffic around so much on the offensive line. I'm a little surprised by that. I figured it would be kind of a 50 50 split between Andrew and uh, and Rocco at right guard. Uh, but they seem to be moving some pieces around a little bit. And I know that, that Joe Rudolph talked about, you know, this is the week basically or, you know, in the next week when you can kind of move some guys around, uh, you know, get a feel for can they play another position, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, they're not moving Joe Alt around. They're, they're, they're not moving Fisher around. They're not moving Zeke Carell around. That You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Like, I think I said this yesterday, it kind of feels – 
if I'm taking the pulse, right, it kind of feels like they're getting him ready to be the sixth man, if you will, or maybe a rotation guy or, you know, that kind of a to thing. To me, it so, feels like Rocco's making a move. You know, absolutely. whatever's going to happen, you know, if Christophic is moving positions or whatever, and maybe that's, yeah. it feels to me like Rocco's making a move. And so I don't know if I'm completely shocked, but I'm at least somewhat by surprise because it it sure seemed like Christophic, not that it was settled by any means, but he's, he's it, it sure seemed like, you know, that was kind of set. And, you know, the thing with Rocco, and we talked about it earlier in the week, you know, about like how Joe Rudolph was talking about, you know, they he didn't mention Spindler by name, but the questions were coming up at those guard positions. And he talked about a guy who can like punch a hole in the defense. Yeah. And like yeah. Rocco Spindler between the two is much more destructive. Yes. <laughs> you know, like the mauler. Christophic is kind of the safer pick, more, you know, sure. more just generally sound he's a veteran, he's, a veteran. he's been around all that yep, yep. kind of stuff but like Rocco is the guy who can just blow a guy up he's not yes. quite all assignment sound just yet and I think that that would probably be the biggest concern about him but I think just his general really physical nature has got to be what's what's you know kind of helped him gain some ground in this competition for that yep. right guard spot yep absolutely agree I think uh I think look, I think this offensive line as a whole uh, is better if Rocco's the right guard. I mean, their ceiling gets higher as a as an offensive line, uh, but the floor is higher when when Andrew's out there, right? And so the whole the whole thing that they're going to have to figure out during training camp is is where is the floor when each guy is out there? You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. if Rocco can raise the floor, then he's the guy. You know, if if he can't get up to Andrew's floor, then Andrew's going to be the guy. I mean that's that's as simple as it gets to me. I mean, so we'll see what happens. I think I put my money in the Rocco camp at the moment, though. I agree. Here's an interesting question from Chi Town: How deep is Notre Dame's depth chart to gauge this? How many games would Notre Dame win if the starters didn't play a single oh snap? I mean, gosh, you could say that about just about any any school in the country, right? You take away all their starters, like how good would they be? It's basically the mm-hmm. JV. Um, well, let's put the team together, right? So you'd have let at me, the moment pull up the schedule here to remind myself real quick. <laughs> I, I mean, well, let's put the team together, right? So you got Steve Angeli yeah. at quarterback at the moment. Um, you know, your offensive line would have a ceiling to it. There's no doubt about it. Right. Um, like you'd have Tosh who, Baker, you would yeah. have um Pat Coogan, right? You would have 70's been taking Spindler, the snaps. Yeah, Spindler Christophic, Emil Wagner. Um I mean you'd you'd still have a pretty solid offensive line, right? Right. They'd be very serviceable. But they would They'd be, be upper. but you would be you would be losing one definite all-American and two potential yeah. all-American types. That's very true. On your offensive line. That's a considerable and, drop off still. I mean, again, okay, so you're taking they would the all be guys out. who have basically taken minimal yeah. snaps if if any running back i think you'd be fine um tight yeah. end injuries might come into play a little bit because i'm not sure the health mm-hmm. of the entire depth chart um at, at at tight end right um wide receivers where it obviously gets very interesting because you're probably going to be playing all freshmen um and matt salerno like that's your good, good freshman but freshman sure sure 
So doable, right? I think that's doable. Good freshman and an inexperienced quarterback to throw him the ball. It's, you know, also true. Also very true. And a pocket quarterback who's going to go through his reads and get those guys involved. Right. So um, I think the offense would be very serviceable, especially if they're going up against everybody else's backups too. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think, but I mean, I would be very concerned going into the Navy game if that was the case, as opposed to I'm, I'm not overly concerned. Right. You know, and that's just the offense, like defense, I would feel pretty good just because of the fact that like, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the defensive line depth and the rotation a little bit later in rapid fire, but that's they're pretty deep across the board at, at defensive line. I know there were some people who were concerned about that. I would not be as, as concerned with the defense. Um, you know, secondary obviously gets a little bit dicier, especially when you're talking about the safety position. And then obviously you're going to lose, you know, a ton of experience at the linebackers. You're going to gain, you know, a lot of stars. You know, you're going to gain a lot right. of recruiting stars when you start to put those linebackers in. But again, you're inexperienced and you're going to have to expect some mistakes. So if I'm right. being honest and I'm just looking at the schedule, you know, with with a lot of inexperience across the board, I'm probably looking at last season eight wins as the ceiling. And I would not be shocked if you're talking about six and six at the end of the year. Yeah, that's not I mean, a knock on them, but it's just because of the inexperience. That sure, no, I get in. where you're coming from. So are we putting Notre Dame's backups against everybody else's starters? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a that's messed up saying, question, man. Right, because it's everybody else's starters. Yeah, I mean, man. if it was your twos versus twos, that's a different story. Like, yeah, you should still okay. be able to beat Central Michigan okay. and, you know, some yes. of these others. Tennessee State, but Navy. If it's Notre Dame's twos against everybody okay. else's ones, then again, yeah, I'm talking that's... about... I'm talking about eight wins as the ceiling and and somewhere, you know, in the 500 range, probably. Yeah, as I'm looking through it, Navy, Tennessee State, you're going to lose to NC State. You're going to beat Central Michigan, so that's three wins. Probably lose to Duke. You're going to lose to the Big I don't know. It depends on Duke. I'm not sure about Duke. It depends. You know, I think you would still have better athletes than Duke. Yeah. But they've got by a then, very you know, experienced you should, quarterback. So it's by like, then you'll be more experienced. And yeah. Right. So let's see. So I'm going to give them Duke. One, two, three, four. Right. One, two. No, three, four. Okay. So Duke is four. I'll give them Pitt because it's at home. That's five. I'll give them Wake Forest. That's at home. That's six. And I would give them Stanford. That's seven. Okay. I, you know, maybe they pull and out. That's one assuming here or nothing there. goes wrong in any. Sure, exactly. <laughs> so that's a tough question, man. Like, yeah, I would love to see anybody's backups. Like, you lose every starter. Like, they just get wiped right. out because they took the wrong plane or something. Like, that right. would be. That's a tough ask. I mean, just look at last year when you went in with, you know, you had experience here and there. You had you, sure you you had some losses, but you had general experience right but the quarterback position was the one sure you know that between both of them buckner was more experienced and even that wasn't a whole lot and you still ended up eight and four after right. all that now i will say to the first part With of just the, question, the quarterback position how deep yeah. is notre dame's depth chart they're deeper than they've ever been I mean, yeah. when you're talking about piecing guys in here and there with all the other starters around, they're deeper than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy with the depth of this of this team. Like if we, if we did this exercise with any team in the country, you know, they're going to be 500 or seven, eight win. You know, that's just 
the way. If you goes. had, if you still had Sam Hartman, but all those other backups, I would still feel. Sure. I would give you a punch. Some of those toss-up games, I give them yeah. a shot. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That's I a think good that point. changes. But if you're just talking about straight across the boards, yeah. your twos versus everybody else's ones, that gets pretty yeah. tough, man. Yeah, no doubt. No Not doubt. a situation anyone wants to be in. No. But good question, man. It made me think about it. I, I appreciate know. that. Chi Town always comes up with some good but stuff. But I think you're right. Like, you know, again, like there's more depth right now. And and that's it's something it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really deep team here. It is. Years. It's a Let's very deep way. team, and I, I, it's going to continue getting deeper, just like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Salty picked up on my uh, Marshall comment there a little bit. It's funny. <laughs> All right, Sean Kelly, rapid fire. Oh, rap- he, he wants to be in the rapid fire. Uh, in the past, IB has talked about the lack of buy-in last year by some veteran players. Has the IB crew noticed a difference in that from last year to this year? I mean, that's something that I think is generally hard for us to see because we're not behind closed doors where you sure. you know see a lot of that. But I will say there definitely seems to be a lot of cohesion from what mm-hmm. we've seen out there so far. A lot of, a, yes. a lot of overall team cohesion. I think. Yes. I think that, I think that like specifically some of the specific attitudes, if that's what you want to call it last mm-hmm. year, those guys are gone now. Yes, that's exactly right. And, you know, I'm thinking of some very specific players like those guys aren't mm-hmm. here. And uh, there there was a I, I would say buy in. I would say there was a lack of buy in from some of those guys. Uh, some of those guys had their eyes on the next level or, you know, the next thing. And it just didn't really mesh. Um, you know, Brian has his pulse on the families of a lot of the players and things like that. And I think that um, in the past, he's kind of told me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey something bad, you know, it's not going well or whatever. He hasn't said anything to me about that whatsoever. Uh, and so unless he's trying to hide something from me, I feel like the locker room is in a much better place than it was this time a year ago. Much better place. Yep. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I try to kind of glance at these these questions and then, you know, am I going to throw it up? There was something that just got way too deep. I'm going to have to look at a little bit. Salty, though, says Josh Pate said if Notre Dame is going to win 10 plus games, the great one, Jaden Greathouse and or Rico Flores must have a breakout year. Scale of one to 10. How do you rate that? I guess like how much do you agree with that? About an eight and a half. I mean, I think that they could still win 10 games without one of those guys breaking out. They could, but if they do break out, it will only help the cause. Uh, It's only going to make things better. It is only going to, um, you know, make them a deeper team. I mean, look, I think Chris Tyree can, can have a great season from the slot. That's the same position that, you know, great house plays. Uh, but he's going to need a rest. I mean, he's not going to be able to be the guy all the time, so he's going to need a rest. Are you going to put Jaden Thomas there? He's been playing a lot of outside uh, in training camp. So does that mean that Great House is the next guy in? Um, is Matt Salerno the next guy in? I don't think so, but uh, could he be? Yeah, he could be because, look, and I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but – Sam Hartman is going to find Matt Salerno and Matt Salerno is going to score some touchdowns and he's going to have some key receptions this year where people are going to be like, Oh, why is 29 on the field? And then he catches a key third down or he catches a, you know, a fade in the end zone, not a fade, but like a post poke corner. I mean, a corner route in the end zone because nobody's paying attention to Matt Salerno and and Sam Hartman will be easy for him to get lost. It'll be easy for him to get lost because there are a lot yes. sexier names that are going to be on the field. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. exactly. So he's going to have some big plays this year. Mark my words, right? But uh, you know who's that next guy in? I think it probably is going to be Great House, and so I think he's going to have a good year. It just depends on what your definition of breakout is, I guess. I don't think that them winning 10 plus games is reliant on either one of these freshmen having a big year. I think it's more reliant, you know, one on Sam Hartman in sure. general. Two, like if we're talking about receivers emerging, it's Tobias Merriweather. And, you know, even like you can probably throw Jaden Thomas in there. I think that they're both going to. I think that they're both going to have really big years. And I think Chris Tyree is going to have a pretty big year as well. Those three are going to be more the you know more the guys I think in the receiving core that the team kind of rises or falls with. If sure. Jaden Greathouse or Rico, Rico Flores does end up having a breakout year, I think it it like you know it 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 kind of pushes you past that level, but I don't think that that the team is reliant on either one of those guys having a big year. It's it's right. you know it's it's kind of a bonus if yeah, they do yeah. uh, again i think it's more reliant especially on what tobias merriweather does that, uh, that, yeah, that doesn't mean that i don't think that especially great you know i think great house based on what we've seen so far I, I just i always hate to put too much on a freshman receiver right. i think he's going to have I, a pretty good yeah. year but i don't think they're reliant on him having a big year 
I will give jo- Josh Pate a lot of credit for knowing the freshmen in the rotation for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of other people don't. He's, He's a been paying guy. a lot of attention to Notre Dame. I know. Lately. I want to throw this up here from Lamrec. He said Thomas Colsey and Merriweather, Tyree Stays, and Evans need to get the lion's share of the targets. After that, Great House and Flores should be. What do you think about that? Is that the order that you would put these guys in? Um, I, I don't like Colsey is the one that I'm looking at. Like I would right. probably shuffle it around a little yes. bit. I would I would put Colsey at the front of or at the back of that first Me four too. that you mentioned there. Stays in Evans. I I just think that one of these t- you know, and those are obviously the top two primary tight ends that we're that I think we're going to be talking about this season. Um, but I think it's going to be just much less reliant on the tight ends, but also without getting too specific, looking at it's just some of the route concepts and things that they're running. I, I feel a lot more confident that, that multiple levels and multiple yes. parts of the field are going mm-hmm. to be accounted for by whether it's a receiver, a tight yep. end, a running back. There aren't, I don't think that they're, they're going to be these vast, just blank areas right. on the field this year. Like we've seen the last few years. Yeah. I think that makes sense. No, no, no. It makes perfect sense. And I think Thomas, I think this. I think the list should read Thomas Merriweather, Tyree, and then some combination of Stays, Evans, and Colsey. Like, yeah, I think you could, you know, shake those yeah. up, throw them out, and see what happens. Colsey, because until Colsey shows otherwise, he's he's a possession right. type guy, like he was last right. year. And there's there's a place for that, obviously. You know, just like you were talking about with Salerno, right. potentially. There's there's a place for that, but I just I don't think that. I, I think you're absolutely right. Thomas, like I said, Thomas Merriweather, Tyree, Tyree, whatever order, and then I would put Colsey fourth. And I, I think that the way you put it there, you know, mixing in those tight ends as well. And then, yeah, probably Great House Flores after that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's accurate, 100%. I just wouldn't put Colsey that far ahead. I hope he yeah. proves me wrong. Right now he's running with the twos, and and there's reason for that based on what we've seen because he yeah. just needs to prove he can be more consistent. Right. And he has not proven that yet. I still think he has all the ability in the world to do that. He just hasn't. And so until he proves that he can be more consistent, he's a two right now. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, there's still going to be but five other deep. guys. Yeah. Because those other guys have shown that they can be actual playmaker type right. guys. Right. We've seen them in practice. That's still something, again, like there's a place for Colsey in the offense and I'm not discounting him, but they, he hasn't right. shown that he could be a playmaker like those other guys. Yeah. I, and there's uh, lamb wreck is also saying, you know, Tobias Merriweather had one catch for, you know, blah, blah, blah. I hope he can be that good. Yeah. I get that, but I've also seen him dominating in practice and I've seen, we've seen know, how they actually yeah. are going to him in yeah. practice and things he can do. And now, you know, Granted, you do still have to translate that to field and all that. I mean, it's 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 all valid, but right for sure. There's every sure. reason to believe it's going to happen. Yeah, man, we've got a ton of questions. I know it's great. Tonight. Just keep them coming, everybody. I know. I'm just like scrolling through. This is awesome. I'll let you pick the next one. I'll, oh, I'll just goodness. let you. Okay. All right. I'll throw something out there. All right. Okay, let's go here because this is a little recruiting question, but I think it's okay. one we can both answer. From Salty Virginia Peanuts, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being highest, how would you rate the commitment of Justin Thurman? 
you may choose either nine or ten. I like how he gives us the answer. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right. Well, I'll just go nine and a half then. I'll, I'll split the difference and go <laughs> right down the middle. I mean, we talked about him a little bit last night. You got to like this guy's speed, and he is still very yeah. young, and so there's a lot of upside as well, and it's just yet another really high-quality running back that they've added to that room. So I'll go nine and a half. I will say, I'll say eight and a half, nine, like in that neighborhood. I think I think it's a big commitment. I think he's a Notre Dame guy through and through. That's why he wanted to make the commitment when he did a year and a half before signing day. He wants to be, in his own words, an ambassador of Notre Dame. Like he wants to be ambassador for the class. I think that's awesome. He wants to be a leader. I think that's great. He's got a ton of tools, man. He's got a ton of tools, and yet he's never been the starter at his high school. Right. So there's a lot still to prove, but I think Notre Dame did a great job getting in on him early because he's a burner. He's got a lot of tools. Let's see what he does as a starter. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's shown what he can do. And Notre Dame, look, with recruiting these days, you've got to get in on these guys early and you've got to take chances on these guys early. Right. Mm -hmm. And unless he's a complete bust over the next two football seasons, which I don't think is going to be the case, I think Notre Dame did a great job. So it's a, a skill player who can be a difference maker with his speed. He he ran the same hundred meters time as Braden Lindsay did at his age. Right, right. I mean, okay, let's Wide go. Wide receiver speed with a running back. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely, I like that. So, he's, you know, I love he's, it. He's he's a little thicker than Braden Lindsay yep. because he is a running back. Yep. Joseph wants to know, who'll be Notre Dame's sack leader? How many sacks do you think they'll have? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think we hope that it's Jean-Baptiste. I think he would be uh, an ample person to get that done. It could be Jordan Batelho. I think he's got a chance. Those are the guys that are the number ones right now coming off the edge, right? So you give them every opportunity. I'll go with Batelho. I think he's got a little bit of a quicker twitch uh than than john baptiste so i'll say him and how many good grief how about seven and a half okay i'm gonna go batello and i'll just say 10 i'll say he gets a 10 nice i like easy it. enough i like yeah. his better than mine so there you go <laughs> nick wants to know over under 40 points against navy for the irish oh okay if we set the over under at 40, are we taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm taking the over. I think they're going to score a lot of points at Navy. I really do. I, I think this offense is going to be hitting on all cylinders. I think the wide receivers are going to be a matchup nightmare. And I think you're going to see some uh, midshipman roadkill from uh, Audric Estime. So I think they put up a lot of points in this game. I think I think the, the key to this thing is you, you just – don't downshift. <laughs> Try right. to figure out how to no, absolutely. downshift. Yeah. Because, yeah, because not just the receivers being a matchup nightmare, Hartman and his accuracy and his decision making are going to be a matchup nightmare for Navy as well. And then don't just go, you know, like you said, you know, like Estimate, yeah, he can run, but don't just go into, okay, now we've got a bunch of points. Right. Let's start trying to, to, you know, smash it up the middle. Keep running the offense through three quarters. And, you know, I, I realize sometimes, <laughs> you know, like you, you go back and forth. Oh, are you going to run it up? Are you going to run it up against a service academy? If you have the – you've got to keep scoring as many points yeah. as you can at least through three quarters. And, and 
see where you are. Keep running your offense. Don't don't down right. Nick P thinks they can get to 40 by halftime. I don't think it's Navy. That I mean, I just <laughs> unless they're picking off passes because Navy wants to throw a little bit more, unless they're getting some pick sixes and things like that. I don't I don't see 40 by halftime. You're not going to get enough possessions to get 40 by halftime. 40 by the end of the game? Absolutely, but not by halftime. Crystal, I like this question. How many draft picks Ooh. in the current Notre Dame running back room? Three. I'll say three out of five. Three out of five. I was going to – like, I'm I'm pretty mm, – I'll, think... say, I'll say definite three out of five, possible, possible – just four. I'm not sure on pain yet. That's right. That's, that's where I'd be. Yes, I agree with that. Um, Payne is is the the wild card, and I don't think Devin Ford gets drafted. So right. he would be the no. Payne would be the I don't know, and I think the other three get drafted. Ooh, Sleepy Joe. Here's a tough one. You have to pick a potential freshman All American on both sides of the ball. Who are you going with? It's easy on offense. Uh, it's it's great house. I think he's got yeah. the best opportunity to he's play. And I think he's got the best opportunity to put up some stats. And so, yeah, I will say him on offense. Defense is a different conversation. Um, so let's talk defensive line. I think Brennan Vernon is the only chance of any freshman playing on the defensive line. And I think that's there's a super outside chance that happens. So I wouldn't go there. And now no we're truth. going freshman All-American team. We're not going like freshmen who are all like straight up all Americans. We're just going like, right, 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 right. Nope, team, yep. right. And yeah. technically that also includes redshirt freshmen, which I think is ridiculous, but that does right. include redshirt freshmen. So uh, let me see here. I got to check the roster. Cause I, I never can remember who are the redshirt freshmen and who aren't right. Um, okay. Jalen Sneed is a redshirt freshman. So uh, at linebacker, I feel like he's go. the only one that That's has a chance of really seeing the field consistently because I think that um, I think Christian Gray has the best chance of seeing the field in the defensive backfield, but he's still still going to be like the fourth corner. Right. So he's not going to get enough snaps to be a freshman All-American, right? So I think it's Jalen Sneed. Those would be my two. Great house and Sneed. Completely agree. Uh, you know, like because of where Great House is, he's the one that we expect right now. now. Well, I won't rule out Jeremiah Love, but just because it's it's deeper there at running back and being able to put up big time numbers, that could you know kind of inhibit him, prohibit him a little bit. So I'll go with Great House and Sneed as well. And that's because I was I forgot about Sneed as an option because he only played in the four games last year, so yeah. he is considered a freshman. So which is I think crazy. He'd be my pick. For defense, for sure. No. Ian, who has the better year, Tyree or Mitchell Evans? Oh, that's an easy one. It's Chris Tyree. Um, I think Mitchell Evans will have a great year at, at, at as a tight end. But if you compared him to Chris Tyree from a stat standpoint and from an impact standpoint, it's Chris Tyree, and it's not close. I just don't – again, I don't think the tight ends are going to have – you know, one, you don't have a Michael Mayer, and two – between the quarterback and the fact that you should be able to get downfield and like the things that Chris Tyree can do kind of getting shifty, getting loose, what he can do in space. I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have a really nice year. So if I'm, I'm just going those two straight up 
I got to go Chris Tyree with the bigger. Yeah, he's going to have, I think there's another question in here about receptions for Chris Tyree and uh, he's going to have a good year. He's going to have a good year. People are going to be excited to see the ball in number two's hands. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Salty wants to know what's Caleb Williams legacy. If he wins the Heisman again, but USC doesn't win the PAC 12 or make the playoffs. Well, his legacy is going to be one of the greatest players of all time because he's only the second player ever to win two Heismans. I mean, it doesn't matter, to be honest with you, because... Um, and he'll be the number off, one pick in the draft. <laughs> right. I, and I should know this off the top of my head. It's the Ohio State running back that won two Heismans. Archie Griffin. Yeah, Archie Griffin. Did his team win a national championship both times or even once when he was there? I don't know the answer to that. But it doesn't come that's up. Funny. That That's exactly right. It's, you know, it's kind of like... You win the MVP, like, do you remember what their team actually did? No, you right. remember that they won the MVP. Yeah. They had a great season. It's an individual award, and you're absolutely right. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you if Griffin won a national championship in either one of those years. Because but I know lead, that he's the they, only two-time yeah. Heisman Trophy winner. That's the lead sentence in his bio, right? And yep. if that's the lead sentence in his bio, that's what the lead sentence is going to be. In Kayla Williams' bio, it's going to be two-time Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who went number one in the draft. That's what it's going to be. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, especially if they don't win their conference and you know all of these. That, that'll be the easiest knock on him. Number one, people will be looking for excuses for him not to win a second Heisman Trophy. Okay, If Tim Tebow can't win two, then Caleb Williams doesn't win in two. I'm sorry. Is Caleb Williams a better quarterback? Then Tim Tebow, a hundred percent, seven days a week, no doubt about it. But you just start off work. You know, there have been a lot of junior. You know, look at like Johnny Manziel, you right. know, For example, Jameis Winston. Now, neither one of them had seasons that you know lived up to the first season that they had. But that's the standard kind of that you have as well. If Caleb Williams doesn't at least do what he did last year, then people are going to hold that against him in the voting. He's going to have to be so good this year and they're, they're, they almost they almost have to make the playoff for him have, to have a chance even have a chance and have monster numbers for him to have right. a chance to win another Heisman again right and that's asking a lot mm -hmm. that's that's asking an awful lot so uh I just I just don't see that being the case um so but yeah you'll just remember him as the two-time Heisman Trophy winner that's who Caleb Williams is will be no matter what he does ever Sleepy Joe, which position group do you think could regress? Which could progress? Well, progress would be wide receivers. I think they are very underappreciated nationally. Um, so that would be my progress, my regress. Ooh. This is one, this one's tougher. Um, because you don't want to think negatively about things. How about tight end? Just because I'm not sold on the depth um from an injury standpoint so if a couple of guys get in i mean ballman's been over in the in the injury pit pretty much all of camp right i mean yep. in, there's injury history there for some of these guys and so that would be that would be mine i mean it's it's kind of got to be the tight end right because you just lost <laughs> michael mayer the greatest tight end in the history yeah, well, of the program point. So, I was thinking like from the beginning of this season, maybe to the end yeah. or something like that. Okay. I see yeah. where you're coming from though. You're thinking from like, 
last year to this year. Oh, yeah. it's absolutely tight end. <laughs> no doubt. And I mean, the one, the, the position group that it has, I think, sort of like the most to live up to potentially is the corners because, you know, like there's, it's almost like, it, yeah, we've, we've got every reason to believe that they're going to be great just based on what we've seen so far and, and what we know of them. But at the sure. same time, they've there's already a been lot crowned. of those guys. Yeah. They've been crowned, man. They're it's starting like, off at a very yeah. high, you know, very yeah. high expectation. And that, you know, by kind of by definition, the higher, you know, just kind of like what we were talking about with Caleb Williams, the higher expectation you start sure. off with, the more fall off potential. Right. Is. I don't think they're going to, but like that, like if I'm looking across the board, other than, other than tight end, like that, maybe a pick. I think most of the other groups we're going to, you know, yeah, we're going to see too. on the rise. Mighty too. Year. And just because of how, how high the standard is already at corner. But again, I think they're going to play really well. I don't think you're going to see like a huge drop off from them. Bernie is a huge Sam Hartman fan. I can tell you that. He says Colsey's going to be an All-American with Sam Hartman at quarterback. All the okay. tight ends are going to be All-Americans. All right. You know, there's only one ball. They only get to throw one ball. <laughs> That's the thing. So, yeah. Let's keep that let's keep that in mind, folks. Andre wants to know who's going to have the most pass breakups and interceptions. Pass breakups is going to go to Xavier Watts. Interceptions, I'll still stick with Morrison. See, this is tough because where are the balls going to oh, go? Of course, absolutely. And you've got to you've got to make a pick. All set, and they didn't have the team really didn't have many of either last year outside of Benjamin Morrison. You know, so pass breakups. I'll say Cam Hart, and I'll go with Morrison, the interception leader. Once again, I like it. Assuming they're throwing, you know, like, is it going to yeah. be the other way around though? Like is Cam Hart going to have more opportunities because of the season that Morrison had last year and the sure. fact that Hart was out at the end of last year, you know, like that's especially early on teams are going to have to make their choice who they're throwing at. Sure. So I, absolutely. I, I think Hart's going to have more opportunities early on, but they're both going to be both going to be pretty tough to beat Team, teams. Let's put it this way. Teams are going to target Cam Hart. I agree with everybody in the chat. They're going to regret it. They're they're going to regret right. targeting Cam Hart if he's healthy. Right. If, just watching him in practice, he's so long and athletic and is in the right place and battles for the football. And uh, you know what? If you want to target Cam Hart, peace be with you and good luck. That's what I say. Who are they going to be the kick returners and punt returners? Oof. Well, there's been a handful of guys back there, uh, you know, doing it in practice, right? So they practiced it when you weren't here, Sean. Uh, Jaden Mickey was back there. Love was back there. Price was back there. Payne was back there. Um, who else was back there? Tyree obviously was back there as well. I think that's the group. Um, hmm, I think Great House actually was back there returning punts as well. So... Um, if Chris Tyree is the guy I think he's going to be on offense, I don't want him back returning kicks. Really? Man, there's plenty of other options. You still don't want that speed back there? There's guys that are just as fast. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go Tyree and Payne as, okay. as the two kick returners. Okay. What about punt? That I think is still 
I think Greathouse could be a great punt returner. Yeah, I think he could be. Or or Love. Like, if he isn't really getting a lot of touches in the backfield, put him back there returning some punts. And that's somebody that I was thinking about as well. But Salerno was back there, too. Shytown says, no, Matt Salerno. You know, I mean, and, and for too. a freshman like Love, you know, as long as he's securing the ball the way that he needs to, that's a good sure. way to get him involved early on as right. well. Yep. Joe says he's surprised Marist is still in the two deep. What do you think about that? Not surprised at all uh, because there's basically four linebackers that are going to get playing time this year right now. That's, you know, the definition of two deep. So uh, he's not – there's no there's not enough linebackers even in the room for him to drop out of the top six. So Sneed is the closest one. Sneed is the closest one, like, in terms of being ready right now. Sure. So it's, it's, and that's so, what I'm saying. Like the other guys just, that that's why it's the other right. guys just aren't ready. You could put to, him at to, four, have the kind of responsibilities, right? Yeah. You could put him at four as the fourth best linebacker, but he's still in the two deep because right. there's three linebacking spots. So the two deep is six. He's not the seventh best linebacker. I mean, right. he's just not right. He's top four right now. And you could put him at third or fourth. I don't think that matters all that much because they're different positions and things like that. Right. Um, right now they're counting on Jalen Sneed to, to be a dude, right? I mean, there's no doubt he's going to have packages and he's going to have stuff. Uh, but Maris is going to play too, right? JD and Jack are your one, two punch in my opinion. And then it's Maris and Sneed. Those are your next two. So he's in the top four. There's no doubt about that. I was writing something down. Sleepy Joe. I saw your question about cars and opponents. I think I'm going to save that one. That's a tough tomorrow. one because I don't so know cars. Spend a little more time. Yeah, I'm so, not a big car guy either. Jesse is. I'm going to throw that one at Jesse tomorrow. So there you go. I like that. People are really upset about Salerno catching punts, and I get it. Look, you want to use your punt returner as as a weapon. I get that. What What is the Sean? I'm going to ask you this question because I know you know okay. the answer. What is the most important thing that you need out of a punt returner? Secure the football. Secure the football. You want the ball. I know it's boring, but it's the most important thing. If you can't catch the ball, you can't return the ball. It's just that simple. And look, (laughs) I'm telling you people right now, you are going to want the ball in the hands of this offense. And so you need to secure the punt so that you can hand the ball off to Sam Hartman. I would, you know, as exciting as a good punt return are, one, they're still very rare. Like you just, you know, like – they sure. make Sports Center because it's kind of like a triple. It's you know, it's like the punt return and the triple are two of the most like a a a, a triple is still more exciting than a home run. Is you know even even though chicks dig the long ball and all that, right. it's, you know, it's like you you know you get more odd by the home run. Like I want, I'm much more concerned about having the ball in Sam Hartman's hands than I am seeing maybe a punt return go for 15 or 20 yards, which is, you know, if you're lucky, yeah. that's that's like that's like double the typical national average if you get to 20 yards. Like, I'm much more like catch the football. Anything you get after that is gravy. You know, I I, I hate the fair catch as much as anybody, but so still, you got to catch the football first. I'm much more concerned about getting the ball to Sam Hartman than yep. I am, you know, maybe and- one – Yes. One big punt return every other game, basically. Absolutely. I And here's the other thing. I wanted a dynamic punt returner 
last year because the offense was terrible. I mean, they weren't. They, could you ever realistically sit down in a even a semi big game and be like, yeah, the offense could have gone and scored? Yeah. Like, you just, I, I had no confidence that that was going to happen. You right? don't have Rocket Ismail yet. If exactly. You get, if you get a Rocket back there, okay, we'll, we'll, well, we're going to be talking about a, a different story at that point. Right. But you don't have Rocket just yet. And who is uh, – see if anybody in the chat knows this, because I don't, right? Georgia has won the last two national championships. Who's their punt returner? Exactly. Because they said you don't can't win – you can't win uh, national championships unless you have a dynamic return man. Who's Georgia's return that? man? Yeah. You need a dynamic – That's man. what they said. Like, no, you don't. No. You need the ball in the hands of your offense that's going to score 40 points a game. That's what you need. But I digress. I Look, I, no one gets more excited about a return than me. Like a kick return, a punt return, Remember, whatever. Remember, field position-wise, field position-wise last year, Notre Dame was better than they have been at any point in the past. What was it? Like, basically, since they started keeping those metrics, I think it's been like 10 or 15 years ago, whatever it was, Notre Dame was better in those metrics and they still didn't have a dynamic return man. They had right. solid returns. They secured the football. You know, they, they had better returns than they have had the previous few years, you know, when, when Brian Polian was a special teams coordinator. But they still didn't, you know, like they had the home run from Chris Tyree two years ago sure. with Polian. But last year, they didn't have that big home run. You know, and again, remember, we saw that what? Once, right? Wisconsin two years ago. Yep. We didn't see that last year, and they had better overall field position than they've had at any point in like the last 15 years. Field position, folks. Field position. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's important. Anthony, good to see you. Appreciate the super chat. I don't think we've seen Anthony maybe. Maybe it's just because I've been on vacation. Because you've been gone, my friend. That's right. That's right. I'm not saying that you don't want a dynamic return, sure. man. But it's, you know, again, until you've got a rock, and maybe – the way they're recruiting with this skill position talent, odds are they're going to get some, you know, some more dynamic guys back there sure. soon. But until until you've got that, I'm again, I'm much better more be, concerned about them yeah, yes. and having the ball than secure some the ball, baby. Get secure it. If those look, if those dynamic kids can secure the football and never fumble, I'm all for it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. But I want the football. That's the most important thing. I want the football. Lance wants to know if one of the freshman safeties works his way on the field this year into a starting role. Not in a starting role, no. I don't see that being the case. There's just there's too many guys ahead of him to be a starter. Maybe you see him on the field every now and again. Uh, Luke Talek, I think, has a, a decent shot of getting there. Um, but I, a starting role, that's asking an awful lot for a freshman right now. I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart here. You got a Don Schuler, you got Ben Minnick, Luke Talek. You know, Ben Minnick, I think, has been doing some good things. Mm -hmm. He's just not ready to be a starter yet, though. I mean, I don't I don't think they're not. Yeah, I don't think you see one start. But I think because of the fact that there is a ton of upside with those guys as the season goes along, you know, when you throw in the fact that you have Thomas Harper and mm -hmm. you also have Ramon um, or uh, Antonio Carter, um, right. you know, the obviously the Rhode Island transfer because your numbers are a little bit better and you throw those safeties in there i think that you could see that there there are potential packages that could form sure. as the season goes on that could play depending on who you're playing against and that could play to their strength that could get them out there on the field 
just at not least starting. in some instances, but I don't right. see him in a starting role. Because you got to remember, look, nobody's starting over Xavier Watts anytime soon. So there's right. only one spot where that even might be the case, and you're going to be battling a lot of veterans, right? Henderson, Brown, Harper, Carter. Like, there's just a lot of guys in front of them. I mean, it's, it's just going to be tough to leapfrog them. But they, they're good. I will tell you, they're good. They look good. I think the, the safety position's in good hands in the future. It's just not – the future is not now. Over under four punt blocks this year. I would love to say over, but I just feel like that won't be the case. Got a new special teams coordinator. Yeah. Last year was like, you know, one-of-a-kind type year last year. Yeah, I'd say under. I think they're still going to have at over. least three. I do think yeah. they'll, you know, they'll block some punts. You know, Marty yeah. Biaggi has that in his past. And when you kind of go back and look at some of the bigger seasons that he's had, you know, he's talked about it, how like, you know, at North Texas, he had, you know, all these numbers and stuff like that. And, sure. you know, like some other places he's been, been he's had some big numbers. I think it, it also correlates to how much trust the head coach is willing to put in him and, and kind of let him do his thing. So I think we'll see some, but four is still quite a bit. So I don't think a lot. Yeah. I mean, they were literally practicing blocking punts yesterday, like literally practicing it. So, you know, it's not going to be soccer balls out there. uh, Volleyballs. Were Were they volleyballs? Yeah. Whatever round, you know, know, my eyes in the other side of the field. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just messing with you. They were round balls. They were round balls. They were not volley or soccer. They were not footballs (laughs) at all. Uh, but they were practicing. I mean, it was a legitimate five minute period where they were practicing blocking punts. So it's going to be a point of emphasis, folks. I just don't know that they're going to get to five. That would be a lot. Yeah. Just kind of like Benjamin. I don't know if this is a typo or what, but Benjamin saying over under 30 touchdowns for uh, Tyree this season. I am pounding the under. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I, when I, when I skimmed that question, I thought it was going to be 30 receptions. Yeah. And I would pound the over on 30 receptions. But no, not thirty touchdowns. That's uh, that's a little high. Just a skosh high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely high on that one. Um, Sean wants to know over under four sacks, one and a half interceptions, six tackles for loss for Snead. I think those are all really solid numbers. I. I like the over on the tackles for loss. Okay. Saxy is going to be right around there. Maybe a little bit over. Mm. Because you got to remember the kind of situations, the kind of package he's going to be in or yeah, are going to be having him on the field when you've got opportunities for both sacks and picks. Yeah. I'll go under on the interceptions. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over on both the sacks and the tackles for loss, oh, though. Look at yep. you. You're you're high on uh, on Mr. Sneed. I am. I I I was before you started to break it down. I was gonna say under on everything, but I think. <laughs> the, but I think these numbers are set very very well. Mm-hmm. And I think if I pushed on the first one and the third one, and I would take one interception. So I would I would say push under push. How about that? I'll be okay. that guy. Okay. So you're right on four, right on six. I mean, because like 
I, I do. I think that the I think the four and the six are really good numbers. And even though even the one and a half is a good number. Like if you made that three and a half or four and a half, maybe you make that a little more interesting on the sacks. But I think those are good numbers, Sean. We see, yeah. you know, good name. We see it eye to eye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.